All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again, as always, in the Blockhouse with Kelly. How's it going today, Kelly? It's going well. How are you? I'm doing pretty great. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. What? That's good. What do I know? That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, you're glad to hear that. I'm yes. your host, Terry Gross. Is that how she talks? Yeah, that's how she talks. <laughs> it's a little too soft, I think. Damn. It's more you. You gotta do that crazy. You just gotta really get into it. Yeah, but then you're whisper talking. I know. You, I know. Be, you just went smooth, smooth jazz. jazz. <laughs> there you go. Kelly, what are we here? <laughs> what are we here What's to talk talk about? I I couldn't possibly imagine. Oh, you you've you've increased. Your oh, Terry t- had to leave. Oh, Terry's gone. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, this is this is a Bob Dylan podcast. This is not NPR. Right. If, if you thought this was NPR, you're mistaken. Very, very, Ooh, you're very in for a ride. mistaken. No, this is a Bob Dylan podcast. We listened to a random Bob Dylan song that we've chosen last week, uh, or that we've chosen last episode, and then we spend a week with the song, and we come together right here at this table to talk about the song. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as a number of Corinthian columns in the Temple of Olympian Zeus, the largest temple that was ever built in Greece. And this week, we listen to 1978's Baby Stop Crying. You've been down to the bottom with a bad man, babe. But you're back where you belong Go get me my pistol, babe Honey, I ain't tell right from wrong Baby, please stop crying All right, Kelly, we spent an entire week with Baby Stop Crying. You spent more time than I did, which we will get to in a moment. But first off, I would just want to know, how was your week with this song? I suppose you can go right into uh, you listening to this song. Uh, you wanted to, you. I mean, you told me you were like, I really love this song. and I really want to learn how to play it. <laughs> I really want to remix it. That, that was, is that was, how that went down. That was your quote, I think. The song has broken me. Uh, I, it's been in my dreams the last few nights. This is the first thing I, I hear uh, when I wake up. And do, 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 do. it's yeah. really bad. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Uh, this is a hard pass. It's incredibly boring. And I wish I had never done this because it's apparently now a part of me. I might know <laughs> this song better than any other Bob Dylan song. And that's a huge shame and waste of time. Yeah. Gotta say. And I guess we'll say why we did this. And this is probably my fault. Um, No, it's 100% your fault. Well, no, it's not. We're going to blame, as always, Benioff and Weiss. The show that shall not be named. The show that shall not be named. Uh, Back in the day when it was falling through the cracks, uh, we once did a podcast every week where we talked about the show that will not be named that I will say once just because it's been a long time. Uh, The the show is called Game of Thrones. (laughs) Have you heard of it? Uh, I mean, don't worry about it. No one wants to listen or watch that show ever again. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be totally forgotten lore, you know, until George writes the books, which will be never. So we'll never talk about any of this again. Uh, We did a podcast every week and I promised that I was going to remix a Bob Dylan song with plot. I didn't do that. But I did at the end deliver like five or six. I mean, there were seven episodes that I season. I don't think I got seven, but I think I did about five. And I unfortunately chose Baby Stop Crying as one of those songs to parody. 
so if you want to go listen to that, if you're for some reason in season seven, go for it. Uh, you can listen to our disappointment in real time and our bewilderment. And and knowing how it all turns out, I think I think it would actually be pretty funny to listen to us because I think we're very confused because it, it wasn't as bad as it was becoming. But it, it, at that point, it wasn't as worse as it would get. Right. So you're kind of like, oh, this is just kind of weird. Oh, they're setting up weird they'll things. Stick the oh, this doesn't they'll make stick the landing. They'll stick the landing. It's fine. This is TV in a modern era where, you know, people are pretty good about sticking the landings. Yeah. We'll talk about some landings at the end of this at the end of this episode. But uh, they'll surely do it. So if you're if again, if you're listening to um, if you're watching Game of Thrones right now and you're not done with it. Don't worry, they stick the landing. It's gonna be, it's gonna, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be really great. No, but I, I parodied um, uh, what I called the remix for Randall Tarley and Dickon. 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 And, and it was just me, acapella remix for Randall Tarley and Dickon. Go down to the river, babe. Randall, I will meet you there. Go down to the river, babe. Dick on, I will pay your fare. <laughs> Baby, please stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying. <gasps> Baby, please stop, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop. Baby, please stop frying, cause you know. And I know that heart's bane was never sought. So baby, please stop frying cause it's tearing up my plot. Wow. And so I just found it. I gave you my singing, which is not to the tempo of the song. And I, I asked you to put music to it. And I did. And you did. And I hate it. I actually ended up liking what I made in the end. It's pretty good. And it sounds like the song. So good for me for turning that around in like two days. Without further ado then. I think <laughs> what we, before we before we talk about it, let's listen to the song. Now, be advised that the tempo was wrong. You did a great job moving my, my, my voice around. But I was more just mimicking the yeah. song. You but were singing I, it faster than the actual song. I was. And then I got into it. This was the only one of all of them that I actually got into. And then I just started... <laughs> kind of trying to sing it like it. Uh, so that's going to be weird. But here you go. Kevin, listen. Remix for Randall Tarley and Dickon. Go down to the river, babe. Randall, I will meet you there. down to the river, babe. Dick on, I will pay your fare. Baby, please stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying. Baby, please stop, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying, stop frying. Baby, please stop frying, cause you know, and I know. That heart's bane was never sought. So baby, please stop frying, cause it's tearing up my plot. Wow. So what was the process of you putting it all together? You had to sit down and like deconstruct the song, which obviously is why it's probably in your brain tenfold at this point. I really am scared that I won't stop thinking about it that it'll just be in my dreams and mine forever. forever uh basically 
I just listened to the actual song and I tried to figure out what what the notes were, the keys were. So I just like you know having the song play and pressing keys on my keyboard and trying to figure it out. And then still don't get that. After I figured it out, um, I went to Dylan Core just to confirm, and he was mm. like, "It is in B flat major," and I was like. Boom! Nailed it! Knew it was going to be flat major. Woohoo! So, that's fun. So you could really do this with every song, even if you don't even plan on playing. You can just be yeah. like, do I know? Can, can I, I guess these yeah. chords? Because, yeah. I mean, that DylanChords.org is, like, esteemed. That's um, great. Yeah. It seems so. very accurate. So. Yes. So... And, um, a, and a total, a bunch of different versions too. Um, but I didn't even get to, I didn't, I don't even think I did that first. I think what I did first was mess with your vocal sample. I never actually played with vocal samples before. Mm. So, immediately, I... Like, I did listen to the song first, obviously, and then I heard I was like, "Oh, he's he's talking, singing way." Daniel is talking, singing way faster than Bob is singing. So I just I kind of listened to the music around Bob singing and figuring out how many words he was getting per uh, beat and trying to figure out like, okay, what is the actual tempo of Bob's song? It seems like it's around I like sixty beats per minute, maybe. Daniel singing about eighty, like so. Just comparing, so it's constantly going between the actual song and Daniel singing, an actual song and the Daniel singing, Ooh. and then I couldn't hear the song behind Bob singing, so I had to find a karaoke version of the song so I could hear just the music. And then it was all like, yeah. So I just had Daniel's vocal sample, and I was like, ooh, I've never used auto tune. Let me try to use auto tune. So I was like, I put auto tune on his voice, and it sounded really fun. I was like, man, I'm just gonna make a T Pain song out of this, and we're That's gonna awesome. like, it's gonna be really fun. So I auto tuned his voice. And then cut the sample, which means that forever the sample had auto-tune on it, which I knew was a mistake when I did it, but and I did, did it anyway, anyway. <laughs> and saved it. And then my, uh, I used FL Studio 20. It crashed and completely broke because I had imported an old version of it and it, like started saving over old things and a lot of the functionality was missing. So I had to uninstall and reinstall the project. It was just like a whole nightmare. And then after all that, I got everything back together and I was like, fuck. This sounds terrible because I, I played the chords. Like I went to Dylan chords and I got the actual right chords over it and I did just like some really simple bass line, simple drums, and it sounded awful. It sounded so bad with the auto-tune voice and like right. practic- like pretty much organic instruments. I mean, the guitar was me, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm doing all the things, but like it's not sy- synthetic. Right. Whatever you want to call it, you know, synthesizers. That's synthesizers, the word. Yes. <laughs> so it sounded really bad because your voice is auto-tuned to fucking back and it does not... <laughs> sound right with a actual guitar and actual drum sounds uh so i had to recut your whole voice again Love so. it. but it was a lot faster the second time because because yeah. I, I mean this song had been buried deep into your soul at that point oh yeah so. it, was, it was second nature yes. i didn't even have to consult the song after no, a while because no, i was no, like no, oh no it's, i got it and next time you think about everything crashing and the, the the fear and panic that you had that everything had been lost uh you'll always remember in the background um steve douglas tooting away yeah, to your he, pain, uh, tooting away to your pain. Did not feature in my song. That's unfortunate, and I wish uh, if there's any, you know, it's cool. We'll remix this song later. Oh God, you know, put we'll put together a big um, street legal compilation of you trying to put together all of these songs, <laughs> and because uh, um, we've had a few at this point. But before we get into any of that, so thanks for doing that. Uh, I think it was also you wanted to know if you could do a song. And a quick turnaround. I mean, yeah. it just took two days. Yeah. I, mean, it was, I guess it was like two and a half. I mean, I granted, I work full time. So it was like two nights after work and then like a couple hours uh, on, on a Saturday. Yeah. So, but yeah, I did it. And I learned a lot of stuff because I never, like I said, I never used vocal samples before. And I'm always constantly like learning new yeah. shit. And how to, so like it just made me better in the end. Hey. It's like a lot of other things that are difficult where you don't really want to do the learning part. You just want to do the end part. Right. I suffered a lot, but yeah. I'm better for it. Yes. <laughs> And so if your family tells you that Bob Dylan, you shouldn't 
Don't listen to Bob Dylan. You say, no, this is a learning process, mom and dad. Get out of my face. That's right. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> uh, so there's really not a whole lot to talk context wise. Uh, I think you've learned uh, what it was like to probably make this song. Uh, your own life and all the people making it. The other people that made the real song uh, at the Rundown Studios in Santa Monica, California on April 28th, 1978 in one take were Bob Dylan, Billy Cross, Stephen Souls on guitar, uh, Jerry Sheff on bass, Ian Wallace on drums. And then in the background, we've got Helena Springs, Joanne Harris, and Carolyn Dennis uh, providing our background vocals. And then uh, throughout the album, but obviously the tenor sax you can hear steve douglas tooting away on this one um but alan pasqua on organ uh dave mansfield on electric guitar uh but he also plays mandolin he's um sort of multi-instrumental and um bobby hall on percussion as well which we heard probably more in like senor you know um this song actually was one of bob dylan's last charting songs for a long time until the, uh, the 21st baby century stop crying. baby stop crying was a number 13 in the uk oh and the, one of the live versions he just says this was released as a single Pretty sure it sold about 100 copies. <laughs> Bet 25 of the ones that buy there in the audience. Okay, let's play this song. Whoa, banter, Bob. Yeah, he, he doesn't need the money. At least he's being realistic. Uh, yeah, it was a top 10 song throughout much of Europe as well. Um, but in America, it did not chart at all. Uh, sold nothing here. People were over this shit, which is good. Uh, mm-hmm. We were we were cutting edge at that point. We were ahead of our time. We were listening to, uh, you know, punk at that point. We were we were done with Bob. He played it thirty nine times total from June first, nineteen seventy eight, to November fourteenth, nineteen seventy eight. So he played it. It was sort of made specifically, almost with all the instrumentation for his epic world tour, which we haven't really talked about much on the show, but we'll talk about it at some point. But you did listen to. Another yeah, there version? were two versions from 78, obviously, because that's the only time he, he played it. Yeah. And they were in a different key. Yeah. I could tell, um, which Dylan Quartz did mention. Like, play mm-hmm. behind a little bit. Probably. And then he's like, uh, I'll do it someday. And then he never, mm-hmm. right? Didn't he yeah, say, yeah, there's I'll a note, like, like yeah. I'll get to it. That was probably put up there in 1997. Yeah, I don't think he's updated <laughs> since 2015. Yeah. yeah. I, nor do you need to, right? Yeah. I mean, it's all done at this point until there's a new record. Yeah, so true. Anyway, uh, yeah, the, the live versions were pretty faithful he changes the lyrics a little bit in the second version that's in our folder i don't, I don't know really what, which one is which but yeah it's still garbage oh his voice is uh unlistenable mm-hmm. uh, it's grading upsetting it's tough because it's only a few years after like the great tours of, with the that's what i could i was like I, this is i'm having a real hard time holding both of these things in my head both of these bob dylan's i was like mm-hmm. rolling thunder was like yesterday yeah. this guy is singing <laughs> like this and doing this and writing these songs I was like, what's happening man yeah. Even on the record, I mean, this one, not not in particular this one, but he doesn't sound so bad. In fact, I think there's a little bit to like in his voice. I think there's there the are elements. Ones? No, no, no. In, on the record. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the record's, the record's okay. The, okay. But the, the, oh, the live yeah. ones are terrible. They're almost, they're almost unlistenable. Yeah. What the fuck? Until there's a, a remix, until that becomes a bootleg. I don't even know if, you know, there might be better versions than the ones that we had. I think we had the one in L.A., and maybe like Toronto. I, I don't remember the, the ones I put on there. But um, yeah, until they find like a really good one out of those 39 and put it on some compilation down the road. Um, I think 78 is really hard. 
I think if you were there, it was probably a lot of fun. And I think there's something to be said for having, you know, 20 musicians or whatever. Like, cool, I guess. But. Oh, I got to use my capo when I played. That was fun. Whoa. Yeah, I've never really, like, seriously played with a capo before. So Well, there's so much joy that comes comes out I because mean, of this song. I have to think it was worth it in the end <laughs> for, I, for I, myself. Well, I think everybody who just listened to that song is like, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. We hope. All right, Kelly, let's talk about the song itself. So we're going to talk about, um, you know, some inside stuff. We're going to talk about lyrics. We're going to talk about all that kind of things. But first of all, I want to know what you think is going on in this song. What's our storyline? What are our people doing? How do you think? um, Have you given any thought to any of that? Yeah, I mean, I do think there is a story. A story. I think it's the person singing the song is talking to... Uh, someone who's in an abusive relationship okay. and they're saying to them, uh, listen, I'm going to take care of it. Meaning I'm going to go kill that person. Yeah. Um, so don't worry about it. You just go ahead and get on, get on the train, get on the riverboat, whatever. Get on the riverboat. Yeah, yeah. down by the river. So get on the riverboat. Don't look back. Uh, I'm going to handle this and I'll meet you later. So just stop crying. I'm going to handle it yeah. and see you later. So yeah, it's, it's about the narrator. Killing, I'm assuming, an abuser. Um, that's it. Okay. If you want to hear a much better version of that same narrative, go listen to uh, Dog Bump, right? By uh, Tim Barry. Is it called Dog Bump? Oh, oh, Dog Bumped, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dog Bumped. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's the same story, but uh, a thousand times better? A thousand times better and less ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that there are two sides. Two sides to this story. Uh, side A, if we're going verse by verse, um, side A, I'm going to, uh, verse one, I'm going to kill the motherfucker who did this to you, right? You've been at the bottom with a bad man, bad man, Sagalee. Uh, but you're going to go back to where you belong. Uh, go get my pistol, babe. Oh no. What? Put that gun in his hand. Let's go, honey. I can't tell right from wrong, but there's also a side B to that story. It could also be that I'm the motherfucker who did this to you. I'm the bad man. Mm. You've been at the bottom with a bad man, babe. I'm not saying it's him or it's maybe it's me. Right. But you're back where you belong. Right there. Go get me my pistol, babe. I can't tell right from wrong. So I'm I'm fucked up. I'm drunk. I'm crazy. And I'm telling my woman to go get me my my pistol. So I can murder her in a domestic dispute. Well, I don't know. And then baby, stop crying. Baby, please stop crying. Stop crying. Stop crying. And then, and of course, uh, side A for me, uh, your version, uh, stop crying. It'll be over soon. Platitude, platitude, platitude. Uh, your cries make me sad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Side B uh, is stop crying. It'll be over soon. Platitude, platitude, platitude. Your cries make me angry. Yeah. Baby, please stop crying. It's tearing up my mind. Verse two, uh, go down to the river, babe. Honey, I'll meet you there. Go down to the river, babe. Honey, I will pay your fare. Dick on. I will pay your fare. Uh, Side A is I'll get you out of town. I'll pay your way if I have to. For your safety is the most important thing for me. Side B is I will get you out of this reality. The fare will be my bullet to your brain. Yikes. Verse three, if you're looking for a... If you're looking for assistance, babe, or if you just want some company, or if you want a friend you can talk to, honey, come and see about me. Uh, That line is, all of that's really stupid. Uh, Side A is really dumb. I've shepherded you across the river, but yet, (laughs) but yet, if you are looking for more assistance, like what? Like you help on your cell phone plan or like a tire is broken? Like, what does it mean? 
am I coming over there to see you? Am I in that version, in your version, am I killing the abuser? And then like, I'm like bringing her back or like, she's starting a new life over there. Or like, I'm going to go. Like this should have been at the beginning. This This should have been almost at the beginning. Yeah. Because then side B for me, um, the, the, the alternate side here, the darker side, if, and that's the emphasis on if you're still looking for assistance for company or whatever, you can find me in the afterlife because I'm also going to oh, kill myself suicide as situation. well. Gotcha, gotcha, Verse gotcha. four, you've been hurt so many times and I know what you're thinking of. Well, I don't have to be a doctor, babe, to see that you're madly in love. Now, side A, you would say it's kind of like the final thoughts, right? Um, I just want what's best for you. I know that you're in love with this difficult person. That's why I'm offering you my help. I'm offering you assistance out. Uh, no judgments on my part, even though I'm about to go kill this guy or not. Who knows? Maybe the pistol is just a red herring. Side B is um, this is what the police and coroners are going to think when they find our bodies in, entwined oh together God. in the morning after our murder-suicide. That they're going to be like, I don't need to be a doctor to know that these two are madly in love. Right. This is a portrait of a love scene. Yes. So that's my Murder Bob story. Um, I kept, I don't know. I always try to think about Murder Bob, but this one fits so perfectly because the alternative is that it's, is uh, side C, right? We had side A, side B, right. and side C is that this is all about Jesus. So, you know, I guess side I'll take C. Murder Bob over that. But I, I mean, I have to hope that this is just a saccharine, nothing bullshit song. About trying certainly sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> because the murder one is so dark and sad, and oh, I just that don't one's tough. Think well, there might actually be more to it. The baby, stop crying, stop crying. There is actually a connection to our boy Robert Johnson from last year's Robert Johnson month. So there's a song uh, by his called "Stop Breaking Down Blues," where we get the refrain. From no good woman, she starts breaking down. Stop breaking down. Please stop breaking down. The stuff I got to go and your brain down. It'll make you lose your mind. So it's kind of the same, you know, tearing up my mind, make you lose your mind, make me lose my mind, whatever. Um, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson also has a song called Stop Crying, uh, where his same plea, baby, please stop crying, stop crying. So Bob is taking that blues riff and putting it into this song but as we know i mean even with robert johnson the stuff i got i'll bust your brains out baby i mean it's the same thing as 3220 right Mm -hmm. so we've we've introduced this pistol we've introduced a character who is willing to use the pistol Uh, is it against you or is it against the person that you're with who knows but i think you know i think you could read it either way see i i like to think that it's uh like a, a brother or father. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Because that's... Well, that's dog bumped. It's, right, exactly. It's a sister. But it just his. makes it like... That's the only way I can go with this song. If it's another song about a misogynist oh, fucking sure. murdering his girlfriend, I'm like, no thanks. I don't think that that's yeah. what this is. I think that's... I'm really... I don't see other people jumping on this theory. I mean, the, the I think the first verse is the only ambiguous one. Because it's like, go get my pistol. Right. Um, you sort of introduce more of the I character. Because then it's you that could be the... You could be the one. The, you're the bad man. Right. But then that could be a good bad man. I don't know. You're going to... Well, well yeah. I mean, I, I would know. imagine like, that the person that is going to go kill the abuser 
is some like a, a rough figure, a, right? A rough, like somebody that tough. has been around and somebody you would go to in a time of like, listen, man, I don't know what to do. This guy won't stop fucking beating me. Can you yeah. please help me? You don't go to the guy who is like, you know. Really meek and, I don't yeah. know, maybe we should call the authorities. And, no, you want the like, guy that's like... There are no authorities. Yeah. This is the Surfing Curses universe. There is no authorities That's here. exactly what I was thinking. No. This is definitely the Seven that, that character. Well, Stag Ali would be a perfect... I mean, he's definitely in the Seven Curses Extended Universe, some version of him. Mm. Uh, what do you think about the course? We don't have... We don't fuck with courses very much. So this is a... I mean, he says it's it 32 much. times. 32 times, baby. Please stop crying. It's he two, says 32 times? 32 times over the course of the song. No wonder it's inside of me. I mean, phrasing, but oh my God. Too much. Too, Too much. much chorus. Um, you... What is your preference? I mean, you're always you're always the first to point out that there's a chorus or not. Mm-hmm. Um, this song obviously broke your brain, but do you do you want a chorus? Is that even necessary? I think with Bob, you expect no chorus almost. You kind of get a refrain. Yeah, you're, there's always a refrain of some kind, but never really a straight chorus. This one's a straight chorus. Uh, I I think. I like it sparingly. See, this is too much of a good thing situation where it's like, oh, I want, I, I would like a chorus, Bob, Bob Dylan, please, can, can I have a chorus? And then he's like, what about a song that's just a chorus? What <laughs> if I just repeat the same thing 32 times? Yeah. And what if my verses are like four syllables? After oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Sweet. Yay. And they don't make any want. sense. I send someone over the river and then I ask them, the ghost of them, I suppose, <laughs> if they need assistance. Like, what? Okay. That's fine. Or am yeah. I just talking to like... The spiritual, I mean, maybe that's it. I'm talking to the spiritual, uh, get the bad man, the devil out of the, you know. Blah, I mean, blah, I like blah. a chorus because I'm basic and I like stuff to hold on to, right? Like yeah, me too. a hook is fun. And I like oh, something that you can sing along to. Uh, but I think he does a good job of most of his songs, even ones that don't have an obvious chorus that yeah. he, there's something that repeats somewhere in it. There's some kind of resolve in the song. So this is bad, uh, but I don't hate choruses. Uh, maybe we use less than this. Thank you for coming to my talk. I struggle to say that this is bad only because I think for a lot of people, if they've been with Bob for a long time, the song is so ingrained. It's a skippable track for me, but it's also it's this is a this would be one of those classic songs that you're like, you have to turn your brain off to appreciate it on any level. But listening to it this week, I I don't like the song. I don't like the the chorus is grating to me. Uh, Bob's voice is fine. Street legal is fine. um, Whatever. But listening to the music it was fascinating like they're really talented mm. and like the bass is so weird and wild in i couldn't song. really hear it well enough to really but then out of nowhere it'll just be like boom, 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 like really loud and i'm like oh that's awesome i tried a little tiny fill but it was like it was too much yeah there's too much going on and i think you know you get a lot they're professionals playing in a room together and, and you can tell that for better or worse i think for better for other songs Maybe for worse on this. I don't know. But I like how weird it is and how it doesn't all line up. And I like having an, a weird outro, too, with the sax solo. I don't know. The sax oh, yeah, that is, added insult to injury. The sax me. thing is also a very specific time frame. So I'm, I'm of the mind that if we're going to do Scarlet, do it. If we're going to do... Um, we're going to do Douglas. Let's do Douglas. If we're going to do the accordions for t- for together through life, let's fucking double down on the accordions. Like let's do that for a whole album, make cohesive sense. Hmm. And we look for that right today. Yeah, I look totally. for albums to have cohesion yeah. to not have the one song that has fucking weird, you know, percussion or weird, whatever, you know, you want all of the songs to have a through. And I think for Bob, even though we rag on the guy, I think that all of his records have this cohesion. And that's why I think we still think of Bob as an artist, uh, an album artist, 
and someone that we're interested to like not just hear the single from but to hear a full piece and i think that this this fails um as a as a one song but maybe i mean i I would say yes i would say it fits with the rest of street legal because you have thematically things working out uh the song right after this a better song but also kind of just kind of a puff piece uh is your love in vain follows this and it's kind of like baby stop crying is your love in vain the two of them work well together Mm. uh, even though they're both sort of minor songs and then later on in the record you get a song called true love tends to forget which is also a heavy sax song but i think is probably the best song out of all of them Uh, but i would say that you could put all of those together you kind of have on the one hand really epic Almost, I mean, changing of the guards. You know, you've got this crazy like Game of hey, Thrones. Fa- yeah. yeah, so that opens this record, and you've got this crazy fantasy world that you're building that Bob is so great at, and then you have minor love songs. That's what makes Street Legal for me so interesting because the minor songs are so minor, but when he really he's really trying to swing for the fences because even Senor is an epic song um, that doesn't fit with. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't almost think that the two of them are connected except for. The song, the music, the music is very similar for the two. Um, I do want to read, however, because we never really get to do anything like this. Uh, Jonathan Cott, who was a writer for the for Rolling Stone back in the day, uh, he interviewed Bob Dylan in 1978, right after he started his world tour in North America. Uh, and he asked him specifically about this, but also, you know, if you we want some good, funny Bob Dylan one-liners. Uh, so I'm just going to do a little role play here. Jonathan Cott. He said, when you sang Baby Stop Crying the other night in Portland, hey. I remember thinking that your voice sounded as if it combined the following qualities. Tenderness, sarcasm, outraged innocence, indignation, insouciant malice, and weariness. And Bob said, the man in that song has his hand out, and he's not afraid of getting bit. About this song. Yes. Jonathan says, he sounds stronger than the woman he's singing to and about. Bob, not necessarily. The roles could be reversed at any time. Don't you remember to Ramona? And someday, maybe, who knows, baby, I'll come and be crying to you. Jonathan says, in the song, Baby Stop Crying, to go back to the point, it sounds as if the singer is getting rejected, that the woman's in love with someone else. Bob, she probably is. Jonathan, there's also a bad man in the song. It's almost as if three or four different movies are taking place in one song, all held together by the chorus. And the same thing seems to be happening on Changing of the Guards and some of your other new songs. What's that all about? Bob, Lord knows. Jonathan, how come you write in that way? Bob, I wouldn't be doing it unless some power other than myself were guiding me on. Oh, I wouldn't be man. here this long. Oh, Let me put it another way. Oh, no. What was the question? <laughs> Jonathan, uh, there are all these. I'm sorry. Jonathan, there are all these different levels in so many of your recent songs. Bob. That's right. And that's because my mind and my heart work on all of those levels. Shit, I don't want to be chained to the same old level all the time. (laughs) Jonathan, I've seen you tell people who don't know you that some other person standing nearby is you. Bob, well, sure. If some old fluffball comes wandering in looking for the real Bob Dylan, I'll direct him down the line. But I can't be held accountable for that. (laughs) What's a (laughs) fluffball? And that is your Bob Dylan theater. Oh my yeah. God. Thank you. Jonathan yeah. Cotts. Um, he's been interviewing him just for years. So great stuff. Um, I want to leave you here before we kind of close out and ask if the song is, uh, is worth it for 2020. Um, the final verse, I've been hurt so many times and I know what you're thinking of. Well, I don't, 
well, I don't have to be no doctor, babe, to see that you're madly in love. Uh, the website, I don't do this very often anymore, but the website songmeanings.com, there's one one reply to, to this uh, song on songmeanings.com where you can type in what the song is about. I think it was used more in the early 2000s. Uh, this came from Blue Girl Forever, Blue underscore, Blue without the E, underscore girl, underscore four, the number four ever. EVA, EVA, sorry. Um, On May 10th, 2007, she said, these lyrics just hit me in the face. I'm this girl right now. Oh, talking about uh, the final verse. She's been hurt so many times and you don't know what you're thinking of. Uh, And so I hope that I hope that blue girl forever is uh, (laughs) has found some solace. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been 13 years since that comment. So blue girl forever. If you're out there, if you're out there, reach out. Yeah, for real. For real. For, For real. real. Oh, I thought you were going to say because in the live version, he says, you know, I don't have to be no brain surgeon. Oh, this speaks to my life. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not a brain surgeon. I don't have to be one. So does he really? Oh, God. He does. Like I said, he changes a couple of things, but just dumb shit. Okay, so so Bob Dylan has a penchant for changing songs. Sometimes they can be great. Sometimes they can be bad. Could he today pop this song out, rechange the lyrics and make it good? Does this song work in 2020? Musically, it would have to change a little bit because it, it does feel dated. The sax is tough. And the backing vocals. They're always jarring. And this one, it, it actually, they work kind of on this one. Yeah. But it... Uh, yeah, they don't mm. They don't overpower it. Yeah. Like I said, I, I think this song, the idea of this song, taking it as the side A version where it's just mm. somebody going after an abuser, does work. Obviously, like I said, Tim Barry dog bombed. That, like, yeah. that sentiment's cool. Like, it's a, it's a good idea for a song. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's still too much chorus. There's nothing here. There's no content. There's no. no nothing to recreate. I mean, if you change the lyrics, then it wouldn't be this. Like, what makes a song, Daniel? Yeah. Is it just the music? Is well, it the lyrics? Is it a combination of both? Well, Take know. Dog Bump does a great example. You know, why is that song so great? Not only is it really great on the recording, but it's almost unlistenable. Except after, after you hear him live, you can't listen to the recording anymore, the album version, because the live version is so good. And thankfully, he's been able to capture that. But like that, being in a crowd of people saying, "She whispered on the phone, can I ain't feeling so good." When I got to the house, what I saw was true. My baby sister beating black and blue. Hell no, what's up now? Well, I took my last breath of fresh, free air. And I found that piece of shit asleep in his relaxing chair. I hit him good with a solid right and a solid left. And I forced him to his feet for his last breath. Well, he cowered and run, but he didn't get far. Cause my sister shot him fucking dead. Just outside his car Boy, she wept And I did too Then I told the police I did what I had to do And then I shot that Shot him fucking dead um, For you to chime in As if a bullet fucking shooting that motherfucker dead 
uh, is exhilarating. And like this song has absolutely none of that. So even if that's the song going on there, Bob, I don't think Bob can recreate what Tim Berry does on a night to night basis. And I love Bob and I love Tim, but like it's in terms of performers until you've seen Tim Berry live, you're not living like the dude gets down on the floor and sings amazing songs. It's tough. I never thought of it. I didn't think of Dog Bumped at all. Mm. But Dog Bumped is one of those great, great songs. And yeah, I think that there's a contrast between the two. Mm. This song, no. Yeah, I don't think this song it, doesn't work at all. Yeah. yeah, I don't think this song works in any way. Michael Gray is pretty, um, he's pretty kind to this song. So I'll leave Michael Gray in the Bob Dylan Encyclopedia with the final word. He says, Baby Stop Crying represents the themes of betrayal and salvation. You've been to the bottom with a bad man, babe, is a dark, accusing opening line. The song goes on to try to, to try to reach the woman despite the felt betrayal, urging her to join him down the new road to salvation, with the singer still loath to walk the road alone. Go down to the river, babe. Honey, I will meet you there. This plea that she understand the need for a new baptism and the need to renounce, that she accept his need for spiritual journeying, that she come along too, is developed in the album's major songs in writing as absorbing, complex, and vivid as anything Dylan has given us. And I think he's, again, thinking of Changing of the Guards, Senor, uh, and Where Are You Tonight, Journey Through Dark Heat, the major songs off of Street Legal. And I think he's trying to connect these songs, uh, this song, to those great songs. Which is and a great I, diversion tactic. Like, this song is uh, fine because these other ones are great. And that's yeah. really what it is. And it's and it's like, again, sure, sure. Going down to the river, I will meet you there, right? That's a powerful sentiment. I will be right back. I will be here for you. Um, yeah. And those other songs speak more to that. But yeah, taking that one line and saying, ah, it's the, it's right there with the same. But I guess it does build upon the album. The album theme is something like that. And baby, stop crying. Fits right in that. Throw it in the pot. Throw it in the stew. Get some sacks. <laughs> no, uh, and I'll, I will actually end with this from the, ex, the always excellent Haiku Dylan, who does not... Um, right anymore i think he's covered most of the songs uh his haiku for this song some asshole hurt you i'll avenge you and love you but please be quiet <laughs> oh perfect why didn't i say that but baby please stop crying stop crying stop crying Kelly, did you know that we are a real podcast? Yeah. What you've been listening to has been a real podcast, not an NPR podcast. That's fake podcasting. This is real podcasting. They have a radio show. They've got antennas. We don't have antennas. Until we get an antenna, they're we're a podcast. national public. We're global, baby. Global, baby. We are not constrained by radio frequency technology. Oh, is that NPR, baby? Is that you? Please stop crying. <laughs> Please stop crying. If you are interested in us, we are everywhere at SOTW Pod. We're on uh, Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, which is just a copy of Instagram. So just one of it doesn't matter. Just do those things. <laughs> uh, we have a website, SOTWPod.com. SOTWPod.com, uh, which is your number one source for Bob Dylan information. Uh, if, if the two sources are this and BobDylan.com. 
<laughs> right. If you have, if, if, it, if it's just option. otherwise, there's so many other great websites that you're better served, and and uh, thanks to them, we get so much information from them, uh, and um, we try to link them in every show note. So if you want to read the show notes for this in any episode. You can find that there. And if you want to also listen to our fantastic playlist, those are also there. And if you want to give us money, we are also on Patreon. If you want to get the episodes early, you want to, you want to, you want to see some, some exclusive photographs and stuff like that. It's all going to be on Patreon. If we do any weird one-off episodes or whatever we plan on doing for season four and five and six and all the seasons in the future, uh, it's all going to be there first. So, and we'll say your name. And we'll say your name in an episode. <laughs> so if you want your name said. I mean. Who doesn't? And speaking of the playlist that you can find on our show notes, and you can find an individual playlist for every single song that we've done so far. We've done 104 of them. We have 104 different playlists for you to enjoy. So many. So who was featured on our playlist this week, Kelly? We're welcoming back uh, some favorites that we've had, including Carolyn Rose and Ray Orbison. Their songs were, both of those songs were featured on our Cry A While playlist. Both and of when, them were. They both were. And when I found out that, I was like, those two songs are too good to not have a game. I forgot about Carolina Rose. Mm. This is great. Yes. And, and Roy, that's that Roy Oberson song is like classic. classic. So anytime there's a Cry song, those two are just going to be on it because they're so good. Uh, the Cars are back as well. Don't just stop. Don't just stop. Don't just stop. Uh, you could play that. Uh, Strokes, Strokes are back. They got a new album. They're releasing a new Shit. album as well. Man, they Strokes played are fucking good. Played with Bernie, and they they announced their new album at the Bernie Sanders uh, rally. rally or, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Uh, so automatic stop, fantastic. I know. Every time I listen to them, I'm like, yeah, they're so good. I just never never think about it. Welcome back to the Supremes. I mean, classic stop in the name of love. Uh, White stripes, uh, Arctic monkeys as well. I think that's our third song for them. And controversially spiritualized uh they've been out here three times that song was bad but it's like saying bob dylan is bad because of his sing-songy fucking wiggle wiggle song that to me is a wiggle wiggle song he wrote that song for his daughter tough stuff (laughs) daughters just play this song i mean if you got a daughter crying right now play this song bob dylan's song don't play spiritualized it'll make them cry more that song is so bad which one the spiritualized one oh yeah it's bad It's too long, too. It's also five and a half minutes. Welcome to the playlist for the very first time. Ted Hawkins. That, that was, was a great song. Grand, fantastic. Don Gibson. Uh, I Can't Stop Loving You is a fucking all-timer. Just song in general. And he's not the first person to do that. Uh, it's an old song. Uh, James Trekkie Smith. This is this Yeah, is some random, I guess. Uh, it's, it's a compilation of, it's like a three-disc, I'm assuming of all of his output, yeah. from a Richmond uh, record label. And it's... It's an interesting ride. It's very '90s. Like the this this compilation was put out in 2004, 2006. But I, instantly, I was like, "Oh, this is like '90s trip hop, drum and bass, kind of a little bit." Yeah. Um, and some of it's really fun to listen to, but some of it's not great. But the one that's on our playlist is is great, good, sweet, sweet. Uh, the Pretenders, stop your sobbing. We we had a big thing about that. Linda Ronstadt. Oh right. Yeah, I went down some K hole because it's not Linda Ronstadt, right? Who is it? We've already forgotten. Yeah. This is this stuff. Tough stuff. Al Green for the first time, which is kind of crazy. Um, I'm so lonesome. I could cry. It's a Hank Williams song. MC Light. Uh, oh, yeah. Tougher stuff. So but... that song. Okay. MC Light. She was a rapper in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. She like paved the way for Queen Latifah and all the you know female rappers. She was from New York, too. I yeah. get some New York vibe just yes. from her lyrics. Oh, I said song. that in that voice because I hate having to put the quantifier of like female, whatever, on sure. stuff. Anyway, she it's a fact. Representation matters. Whatever. So, yeah. MC Light, one of the first female rappers. And this song is terrible. But 
I respect what she was doing. And a lot of rap sounded like that in the day. It's very Run DMC, like classic. We're fitting the rhyme scheme of weird synthesized beats. This is what we're doing. Except we made it worse by making this terrible noise that just goes on forever. And then we took a sample of Big Girls Don't Cry and we detuned the shirt out of it to go with our... This sounds to me... There's so much shade coming here. It seems to me that this is a little girl waiting to grow up to be a big girl. This is the one talking right now. You're the little girl. (laughs) Or is it a little girl? She says small girl or little girl. One of the lines is like little girl. You're going to grow up to be a big girl one day or something like that. It's like, that's That's what I'm waiting for. So yeah. So you're a petulant child. That's what I heard there with all of those. But thanks MC light. Not for this song, but no, for being alive. Bad song. Pretty visitors. I can say for sure. It's never been on here before because this is the only song that they have. There's a brand new song. It's really good. They're really good. They remind me a lot of somebody that I instantly forgot, but they certainly, they, they're catchy. It's nice, but they are not original by any stretch. No, no, no. Yeah. But I was I was shocked at how hooky it was and how like, how it's very like um, radio rock type of thing. I'm like, okay, this could be on the radio. And I'm like, oh yeah, this this oh, it's their new single or whatever. And I'm like, oh no, this is their only song. And you go into the about it. And it's like, we released our first song, you know, three months ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's this song. I'm like, this is a good first song. Yeah. Like for whatever it's worth, who cares? Uh, Black Bear Pass. No, thank you. Um, yeah, but he's giant. Anytime now. we do, I, I don't understand the skeet skeet thing or whatever, you know, where everyone's like brr, brr, the little thing at the beginning of the song. Um, I guess I don't know what you're talking about. Everyone does it. It was like a thing from like a couple. Oh, what, the, like the gunshots? I'm like, blah, that noise? Yeah, it's not really. Is it a blah, blah? I don't know. Uh, skirt, skirt. Oh, skirt. Yeah, skirt, skirt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I just feel like it's just some white kid doing it. It's real tough. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, tough. I have a hard time with white rappers, period, but. He's like huge right now. He has a song on the radio called Hot Girl Bummer Anthem. Uh, and it's pretty fucking catchy. Well, that's, I'm not gonna okay. lie. well that's great. I mean, I'm glad he's around and living his life. That's fine. And Smokey Robinson and the Miracles for the first time as well uh, are on here too. And that's probably our closest to uh, what's the song? Baby, Baby, Stop Crying. Uh, the closest song title wise to Bob I can't stop Of yesterday, those happy hours. All right, Kelly, we have calmed our tears. We are here to talk about our recommendations. What are we recommending that you go do while you wait for the next episode of Sign on the Window? <laughs> to tide you over, Kelly, right. what, what, what can they do just to like not, do, you know, they can't hear our voices, but they can certainly in spirit be like us go listen to king cruel he's uh like a i guess like you could call him an alt rapper out of the uk he does i i put him in the frank ocean type category where it's like experimental music, type yeah. stuff i've also been listening to frank ocean again go listen to frank ocean if uh, it appropriate for any situation just yeah. go listen to frank ocean but king cruel um the first experience i had with king cruel was on a mount kimby track blue train lines off of their uh 2017 album love what survives 
uh, I didn't know him beyond that. And that song came up on one that Blue Train Lines came up on one of my playlists because I listened to them often. So it popped on. I was like, huh, let me click on King Cruel and check him out. Because I had it in my head that he was like a grime rapper from the UK just because his voice is so fucking weird. Yeah. So I figured he was like a 40-year-old grime rapper or even like Tricky, like... Or like Tricky, who was a huge fixture in trip hop. Uh, I figured it would be him. I would expect, fully expected to click on it and see that old guy. No, he's like a fucking 18-year-old white kid from from outside of London. Like, what? Anyway, his voice is really unique and his stuff is really fun and inspirational, actually. Listening to his albums, he's got three. He's got an EP and a couple albums. Um, self-titled album from, or EP from 2011 and then Six Feet Beneath Me in 2013 and The Ooze in 2017. Yeah. It's so stripped down and simple. Like he plays the guitar himself, but it's like one or two elements. There's like one or two musical elements with his fucking wacky voice singing about crazy shit. And it really works well together. Like his, I'm always impressed when people with unique and what would like off putting voices can find music to to compliment. Bob Dylan. (laughs) It's, I just, it's so impressive. Like I always go about Trent Reznor as the, the like proverbial ultimate, what's the, the example. Yeah. That's <laughs> that good proverbial. Is, yeah. But yeah, King Cruel is great. And yeah. he's playing in Portland on my birthday. And we will not be going to see him because the tickets sold out. And now they're $70 oh, a piece. Wow. So cool times. So we'll be listening to the ooze. Uh, we'll live stream us listening to the ooze. On my birthday. In a dark room. Not seeing him. Not seeing him. Yes. But we will. We'll just listen to the ooze live. So you can join us on his birthday. couple of recommendations for me this week i want to recommend two albums one beach bunny honeymoon hey we've seen them saw them with pup right pup yes with pup and rap boys and rap boys who also released a new record they both have released new records haven't listened to rap boys yet but i did listen to beach bunny so fucking good yeah it's infuriatingly good yeah just another great power pop indie pop punk record Highly recommend another one that another band that uh, you don't need me to recommend this. Um, everyone in the world's probably listening to it, but Tame Impala is the Slow Rush. Um, they have been just a part of everyone's life for the last ten years, like a weird, you know, sandstorm just like 
covering you with dust. They're just there. Uh, it's it's weird. Um, so I don't really know. I know I love it. The the album's great. Everything he's done is excellent. But it's kind of like on the King Cruel level for me, where I'm like, I can recognize how excellent this is, but it just doesn't really slot into my life. Mm. It slots in at a very specific thing. Or I'm an album boy, so I'm, I want to listen to the whole right. Slow Rush. Um, so I've already listened to it twice, and it's really good. Show wise, we talked about uh, sticking the landing. In this episode, That's uh, right. a couple of shows have sucked the landing recently. Bojack Horseman. I have not finished that yet. I'm like two episodes away. It's no though. spoilers. <laughs> but but uh, it ends on the top of a roof <gasps> of like a two story house. Oh, okay. So, you know, what's going to happen? Yes. Good place ended. Oh, my God. Uh, an excellent show. Don't you, watch it first thing in the morning. I watch TV when I eat breakfast and it made me cry. I, wake up to tears. Wake up to tears. Don't do that. Baby, stop crying. Don't watch the Good Place finale if you want to have a good time because it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's a fantastic ending. It wraps up everything and it breaks my heart. So maybe if you don't want your heart broken, don't start. So if you're currently weirdly listening to this uh, you're listening to this episode, but you haven't listened to the rest of them. When we recommend this over the course of our entire first season, mm-hmm. um, just ignore it. Just don't do it. Unless you want your heart broken. That's right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was really good. It was really um, poignant and perfect. And I, I miss my friends. Yeah. Um, and I miss my Parks and Rec friends. And I miss all of them. I just want one show that just gets community, Parks and Rec, 30 Rock. Good place. Just put them all just... Jam them all in. <laughs> I mean, fuck. The good place could have had that. I mean, yeah, you go to the good place. Absolutely. Why can't I? Why can't I go into a room and say, "Give me Steve Carell. Give me Jenna Fisher. Give me Amy Poehler. I want to see them now." Tough for Adam Scott because he was a character on Good Place. But uh, tough for uh, what was it? Lisa Kudrow. They mentioned. Oh, yeah. They mentioned Friends. Watching Friends in universe in the Good Place, and then no one commented on why Lisa Kudrow or it why the, is actually the god whatever. The, no, or she the was a philosopher. P- philosopher yeah. But why is she Lisa Kudrow? Yeah. No one said anything. Uh, and also, you're the worst. Had a finale that That's really right. stuck it. Um, and it did uh, a thing that last seasons typically do. Breaking Bad did this as well. Um, not on their final season, but kind of like little tiny flashes of, you know, in, in their instance, it was a plane crash, right? So you saw the little pink teddy bear and you saw, you know, the car smashed and you're kind of wondering what the fuck is happening. And you learned later it's a plane crash. Spoiler alert. Um, you're the worst kind of did that, too. We sort of we didn't know how far in the future we were flashing forward or past or, you know, people's um, you know lives had changed and stuff. And it was really cool to see it all tie together. And it felt really good. They, so a really good show. I, I, to I be like a trend in, in TV now, which I appreciate. And I'm still going to say that Six Feet Under started it, where we mm. get this really satisfying ending because we go further than the show would go, right? We go 10 years or whatever into their future. You're the Worst did it in an interesting way because we got bits and pieces. Yeah. So it's like a little bit of a mystery. As opposed to just being like five years from now and then showing just the episode in its entirety, which right. got little chunks of it through the, the final season. Which was cool. But I, I respect both ways, right? Because like, even Good Place, we sent, we got the, the ends of everybody in in an incredibly well, satisfying yeah. way. Sure. Uh, Parks and, and Rec, we got the same thing. We... Silicon Valley does it too. Which Silicon I, Valley? Just they kind of well. did the same thing which, in a really funny Silicon we Valley way. Jump to the future. Mm-hmm. We destroyed the product and then yes. he lost the, <laughs> the jump drive. <laughs> jump drive. I, mean, I forgot all about Silicon Valley. What a perfect Valley. final scene. And what a terrible... I, I'm, I, I'm actually embarrassed that I forgot that because I watched that all in one night because I, for, I forgot it was even on and mm-hmm. I binged the whole thing. Uh, it was only seven episodes yeah. or something and it was fucking hilarious. Like even going to see... 
um, what's his face in the in the desert or, I knew or the in the second, jungle. The second they were like, "Oh, Eric Bachman," yeah. he's in. I was like, and I, was like, I know it's they're John not. Chiang. I thought that I I thought they might have all become friends again. No, I was like, yeah. "Are we going to forgive T.J. Miller for being a piece of shit?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm so glad you didn't. I'm yes. so glad he's yes, fucking like dead and gone." They do show like a picture of his ID because Jin Yang's <laughs> pretending to be him. Oh, so good, so good. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great ending too. Man, I think TV today, honestly, I think Breaking Bad was a great example of like just thinking ahead. Here's a full story. Even if you don't fully know it, we watch shows. We have a Buffy podcast where it's almost maddening at times that you lay out something and then you either don't pay it off or it was so easy to just like even introduce the idea of it, but you never thought of it Mm -hmm. because TV wasn't made like that, right? No Um, end in sight. You just don't know what's going on, right? right? And then we overthink stuff because we're like, oh, well, they brought Amy back for an episode, Amy the Rat. They weren't thinking six seasons down the line. Sure, she does show back up, but they weren't thinking about that. No, when they, they turn to just, a rat, we'll never see her again. Or we will, yeah. you know? But how many things have we have we seen meaning in on that show especially, but also old shows that we, we only know because we know how it all ends, right? We, right. See, the, we see the meaning... In the moment, but I think, and we like to attribute it to them with their forethought. But but when you're done, you never think of that until you rewatch. Whereas I think TV today, you don't have to do all that to really get a great payoff. We didn't design this podcast to tear up your heart. We don't want to make you cry. Baby, please stop. Baby, please stop. Kelly, in order to stop them from crying, we need to pick next week's song. Just the intensity just of your voice is right. Quietly. We just need to get them. Quiet down. Quiet down, baby. Stop crying. Because you know and I know that the sun will always shine. Baby, please stop crying because it's tearing up my mind. Fucking stop crying. <laughs> Kelly, oh, one out of 396, what do you got? 49. 40, ooh, 49. Confident, random.org confident. That's I like right. it. 49, Kelly would have netted us uh, an album. It would have netted us an album. We would have gone to 2012 to Tempest, his very last, his last record. Unless he's come out with another one. Preface, take this out if he's to come up with another <laughs> one in that time frame. I'm going to leave a nice gap. So we can fill in if he has a new album. But no, we're not going to go and listen to Tempest, which would have been a lot of fun. Um, We are going to go, because we've already had about three songs from it. Uh, We're going to go, one out of 396 is going to net us number 299. Oh, couldn't ask for anything better. 299, we're going to bring it all back home. Love minus zero, no limit. Oh, this is like one of your favorite songs, right? This is a great. I mean, Didn't I listen is, to this? Oh, I, I heard this on the radio. You one heard time. this on the radio. I was like, you were that's like, a good song. That's a good song. So we are going to follow up a bad hey. song with a good song. That's pretty exciting. Not love. Love is a good word to put in. You're, oh, man. Yes, I know because okay. minus zero, no limit. You're not putting any of those words. No, no. maybe. No, yeah, no. No is a good, good one. Yeah. So no is good. Love, love is good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but not next week. We're going to listen to love minus zero slash. No limit. 
I'm excited. That's going to be fun. remember great. when I heard this on the radio. Was just, I took a screenshot. I was like, this song, this yeah. song. I like this song. And we will be doing it for episode 105. So we'll see you next week for that. Kelly, goodbye. Goodbye.